Now then, 8.07, uh, we continue on with the news that North Korea is sending an orchestra to this country and is welcoming further talks on its Winter Olympics participation this Wednesday. Let's assess what's going on here. We'll first see how this could have an impact on broader regional security with a foreign policy expert based in China. Dr. Tong Chao is a fellow at the Carnegie Tsinghua Center for Global Policy. Good morning to you. Thank you for taking the time. Good morning. Thank you for having me. And uh, what do you think about the background, first of all, of, of talks resuming? I, I hear that for China it's been seen as a real positive. Uh, yes, indeed. Um, China um, has uh, really appraised this uh, very positive development for the North-South relationship. Uh, China sent a uh, high-level envoy, the Deputy Foreign Minister Kong Xuanyu, who is also the special representative for uh, Korean Peninsula Affairs uh, to Seoul uh, about several days ago to discuss the very rapid uh, progress. Um, I think China sees this as a very uh, good and very promising uh, uh, development. And China has, uh, in recent months, uh, together with other countries, uh, imposed unprecedented economic pressure on North Korea. And China also conducted uh, uh, behind-the-door diplomacy uh, with both North and South Korea and China held uh, some of the secret meetings, uh, invited, both, uh, invited officials from both South and North Koreans to discuss the Winter Olympics. So some of these behind-the-door uh, meetings might have helped um, bring about the most recent progress. In terms of a f- you know, fundamental swinging point, though, do you think that President Moon Jae-in of, of South Korea was justified in his suggestion that uh, American pressure was a, was a big factor there? We know that the U.S. has been praising China for um, dropping trade with North Korea. We saw a decline by more than 10% in 2017 and more than 50% last month alone. Well, it's hard to deny that the economic pressure, the international political isolation might have played a role uh, in this. But my personal view is um, the rapid uh, progress North Korea was able to achieve in terms of their strategic nuclear weapons uh, was the primary reason why North Korea uh, is extending an uh, olive branch uh, to South Korea. After especially the Hwasong 15 ICBM test, North Korea might believe that uh, it has obtained all the basic technologies for uh, possessing a strategic nuclear deterrent vis-a-vis the United States. And therefore, uh, it can afford uh, not conducting additional ICBM tests. So that's the primary reason why North Korea is able to exercise some self-restraint and therefore it wants something back from the international community. Yes, right. Because the uh, U- U.S. is not responding very 
positively. Uh, so North Korea decides to uh, talk to South Korea. That's my interpretation of North Korean motivations. From the perspective of the prospects here, though, going forward, it doesn't look entirely positive either, does it, when North Korea remains hostile to the United States as well, and we are set to see, after the Olympics, joint military drills starting again on this peninsula. What, what is China's view of the US here? We, we've heard some mixed comments from the US on China, including praise, as I mentioned before. Is, is Beijing... Uh, on a collision course with Washington over over the U.S. stance? Well, there are some uh, interesting signs from Washington, uh, especially from President Trump himself. Uh, he had said very positive words about the recent uh, progress. He even said he's open to uh, meeting with Kim Jong-un. Uh, he's uh, he thinks uh, talks is a good thing. Um, with that said, um, I agree with you that there are huge uncertainties uh, going forward, especially after the Winter Olympics. Uh, the joint exercises will uh, take place. And also on the side of North Korea, uh, Pyongyang also made it very clear that even though it might be able to suspend ICBM flight testing, but uh, it is going to resume the uh, rocket launching uh, to launch satellites into outer space. Uh, that program has been reactivated, and it is very possible that North Korea is planning to conduct another satellite launching with it's Yunha uh, rocket system uh, sometime uh, this year. So those activities is likely to be viewed very negatively by Washington. Mm. Um, and the bottom line of the American policy has not changed, which is North Korea needs to commit to denuclearization before talks can happen. So there is no guarantee that the soaring of relations between North and South can lead to a better and improved relations between North Korea and the United States. It certainly does look like a matter of um, when, not if, relations start to sour again on this peninsula. But we do have the hope of the Winter Olympics first. That said, can you see a situation where North Korea just refuses to participate in the Olympics, given the noises in North Korea's state media in the last few days being unhappy with President Moon's praise for the United States? Um, yes, I think that's uh, possible. Um, it's natural that uh, North Korea wants to use every opportunity to break the international coalition uh, of economic sanctions and political isolation uh, so its overture to Seoul is certainly meant as um, breaking the South Korean-U.S. alliance, weakening their cooperation, uh, and uh, getting as much um, aid and, and other benefit from South Korea as possible. Um, so if Seoul uh, continues to work with Washington, uh, to strengthen the so-called uh, maximum pressure on North Korea. Um, 
uh, I think uh, North Korea will, you know, certainly demand uh, South Korea to uh, weaken that uh, cooperation. If so, doesn't cooperate, North Korea might uh, decide to change its mind on its participation in the Winter Olympics. Um, I think certainly Pyongyang is playing that game. Um, so yeah. that possibility always exists. Well, Tong Zhao, fellow the Carnegie Tsinghua Center for Global Policy, we thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you. And we continue the conversation now with Professor Shale Horowitz of the Department of Political Science at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Thank you for speaking with us. Thank you for having me, sir. And I think the American perspective has been... Uh, pretty cautious uh, on inter-Korean dialogue in, in the last couple of weeks. The, the, the feeling being really that we know we're going to return to joint military drills. We know that North Korea remains hostile against the US. What's your feeling then on this short-term cooperation if it turns out to be the case with North Korea? Well, North Korea was hoping, I believe, to get South Korea to break with the United States and offer them some kind of economic benefits. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. So North Korea faces the choice of actually going through with this in the calculation that it can still try to divide South Korea from the U.S. or maybe pulling out at the last minute. Is there a danger this could be a step forward? And two steps or more backwards if uh, we end up with sour ties again? So far, I don't believe that's going to happen as long as President Moon holds the line on making any substantive concessions. I don't believe that will happen. But if he gives in, which he said he's not going to do, that will be a a major crisis in U.S.-South Korean relations. But what about relations between the Koreas? I mean, if um, we end up with souring ties because President Moon continues to hold firm with the US and every indication is that he will, even he's Mm -hmm. spoken publicly at the risk of these ongoing talks of his support for the US. Um, Does that leave us in a more perilous position as well? I don't believe it changes anything fundamentally. We're in a perilous situation before in the sense that the North Koreans are proceeding very close to this capability of striking at the United States, and it's unclear how far the United States is going to go to try to stop that. So that's the fundamental situation which is causing the crisis, and and that hasn't changed so far. The um, situation in the U.S. must have been rather dramatic after news of what happened in Hawaii um, with with the false alarm about a, a ballistic missile incoming. H- has that changed public attitudes, uh, having seen how things might play out on U.S. territory in a situation where North Korea would attack? My impression is that it has not, because Hawaii is so far from the United States that for most people that was kind of a tabloid blip headline that went away quickly it, it didn't hit didn't affect the rest of the country like hawaii right so i mean obviously the media has been having a field day with it but in real terms not necessarily a huge impact either then um right th- this whole aspect of denuclearization though I, we, 
I can understand why the politicians have to stay firm, but the reality of the situation is North Korea is a nuclear armed state, and it is progressing quickly in that regard. Um, and here we have an opportunity with the Winter Olympics to get together and actually have peaceful ties and 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 reduce the possibility of war. Are we being stubbornly attached to the denuclearization thing, or or is this the moment more than ever where we need to stay determined in our minds? Well, if we don't stay focused on the denuclearization issue, and by the way, I'm I'm not saying here that that it's going to succeed, but if we don't stay focused on that. It will only get worse in the future because North Korea will get a greater and greater deterrent capability, and then it will be able to impose a kind of a constant state of crisis whenever it wants to without any sort of uh, ability to strike back. So uh, things would only get worse. But, but I, I agree with you that there are no good options and that the, the denuclearization is not likely to happen. I'm just saying that there's, there's no alternative as long as that is the situation to maintaining this maximum economic pressure. Trying to be optimistic uh, about Winter Olympic Corporation. Here we are. We've uh, got the news that this big orchestra, 140 members, is going to be coming to South Korea. That's it's going to be uh, a spectacle. Um, and, and the prospect as well of marching in under a joint flag, maybe having a women's hockey team join together. We don't know for sure if that's going to happen. And more talks are planned on, on wider Olympic issues tomorrow. How do you think the talks are actually going so far from your perspective? it seems as if President Moon is pulling it off, that is, he's managing to buy quiet for the Olympics without paying any significant cost. But the North Koreans are likely to push him to the very last minute, and they may even end up disrupting the Olympics if they don't get what they want. It's possible if they think that that will weaken him enough. Um, But I I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't think it will have any long-term impact because South Koreans uh, know that this is basically theater and it's just about keeping quiet for the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, in some ways it really is theater. On the other hand, there are not all of us, of course, but there are a number of people who will be hoping that family reunions can at least come about as a short-term benefit um, and, and perhaps meaningful ties between ordinary people who encounter each other during the Games. Professor Horowitz, dealing with this very difficult situation this morning. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having me, sir. Professor Shale Horowitz from the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee.